0: Getting ready to apply for your first internship or job, but not sure where to start? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Inside OSU podcast. I'm your host, Megan Robinson. Joining me in this episode is Brianna Gallagher, a career consultant here at Oklahoma State, who knows a thing or two about how to impress a potential employer. Brianna and I discuss the application process, salary negotiations, and how to ace a virtual interview. Brianna, you are a career consultant, and what are some of the most common questions that you are asked?
1: Probably the most common question that Career Services gets is, what do I put on a resume? What should my resume look like? But we talk to students about salary negotiation. So after you get an an offer, what happens then? Do you accept your offer right then, or do you try to negotiate? What's the strategy there? Salaries, to me,
0: are one of the more uncomfortable things to talk about in an interview because It's just awkward to talk money, but it's also one of the most important because you want to make sure that you are getting paid for what you can offer to a company without coming across greedy, in a sense. So what are some tactics to negotiating salary in a professional but effective way?
1: Salary is really important because that's legitimately why you're sitting in that chair being interviewed is you want a job because you want a paycheck. So it's, it's real. We encourage students to not bring up money until money is brought up to them. And you should have a range going into an interview. So maybe it's 60 to 65 and that's, that's your range that you're going in. So then if they ask you a question, you're not thrown off guard. Typically in an interview, the interviewer has all the power. As soon as I extend an offer to you, the power shifts. So now you, as the interviewee, you get an offer letter. Now you have the power. I've already said, I like you. I think I'm going to take a chance on you. And so now you have the power, and now you can, you can ask me some things. So... That would be when we would encourage most students to talk about negotiating is once they actually have an offer in their hand, unless it's brought up in the interview round. And if you are trying to negotiate a higher salary, you need to have reasons of why. Why would you deserve a better salary? Is there ever a time
0: where a student or a potential job candidate should just accept the first offer and not try to negotiate or do you recommend saying hey my range is 60 to 65 they're offering me 60 it's in my range but why not try to get a little bit more money out of the deal
1: i think a lot of undergraduate students might not have experience behind them to to dictate a higher salary than that is offered to them if you have a legitimate reason of why you think that you should try to negotiate your offer you should do it and if you go into the negotiation. you're like, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited to start my career here. I can't wait to grow with you professionally. I do have one question about the salary. Is it negotiable? And if they say no, you're like, sweet. What about a signing bonus? What about a relocation bonus? Or whatever that might look like. Maybe you take a different tactic. Or if they're like, no, sorry, we think that this is fair. This is competitive. And if you think it's competitive because you've done your research ahead of time, then you're probably okay to just be like, okay, well, great. I can't wait to start on January 1st. If you're getting an offer that you feel is a lowball, that's when you need to be able to back it up with why you deserve more money. I love that advice of
0: instead of saying, hey, you're offering 60, how about 65 saying, is this negotiable? Because it leaves it open-ended and then it sort of puts the ball back in their court saying, yes, it is. What were you thinking? I just think that's awesome, awesome advice. So thank you for that. I want to get into some of the nitty gritty of interviewing do's and don'ts, if you will. What are some of the most common mistakes you see in the application process?
1: Probably the biggest mistake that I see and that I hear from hiring managers is that students or a candidate is submitting the same resume for every single job. If you want a job, then you need to sell yourself on paper. You need to sell to the future employer why you were the best candidate for that job. Successful candidates in the application round typically shift and change and tailor Resume and their cover letter to match a job description. If I am looking at a stack of resumes and I have a hundred resumes for my open position, and I know that this is probably a very standard resume and you just have submitted it to a hundred other companies, I probably can tell that. I probably won't take another chance at you. I'll probably put you in the maybe pile or maybe the no pile. But if I can look at your resume and be like, oh my gosh, I need that skill and I need that skill, and you're right, I need that skill. And those are the top three things on my job advertisement. And I see that on your resume. I'm going to be more likely to put you in my yes pile and come back to you for a phone interview. And what about mistakes in actual interviews? One of the biggest mistakes that I see in an interview is somebody who has not prepared their answers. So that either comes out as they ramble in their response or they haven't taken the time to think about their answers in reference to the job that they are applying for. So if I ask you the question, what are your greatest strengths that you're going to be bringing to the company? You can list off some really great strengths that you have, but if those strengths aren't needed in the job, then you're wasting this opportunity of being able to tell somebody, I'm the best candidate because I have the, this awesome ability to do what you're looking for. And so what makes a really strong interview is if you can change your answers and your stories and your examples and make that relevant to what the company is looking for.
0: You mentioned people rambling when answering a question because they're not prepared to answer the questions. But how do you prepare to answer a question when you don't know what the interviewer is going to ask you?
1: So there's a lot of resources out there of interview question banks. So one really common resource is Glassdoor. So if you're unfamiliar with Glassdoor, you can type in the position name or the company name and look at interviews and find questions. And it's a public sourced database. So is it super accurate, who knows, but at least it gets you a start, even just Googling mechanical engineering interview questions gives you a ton of resources. And I try to think of like broad themes that are going to be in an interview. And then I try to prepare a story or two stories or examples that are going to showcase that theme. And regardless of what the question is, I then I have a story that I can kind of manipulate to work for that question.
0: Is it okay to have notes with you at an interview, to have some of these things jotted down so you don't forget these stories and these examples? and Or does that look bad upon you as a candidate?
1: So the beauty of 2020 and the beauty of 2021, the first semester, is probably most interviews are going to be virtual. One of the beauties of this is that you can have notes and you should, and you think it might be cheating, but it's not. The recruiter is expecting you to be prepared. So you should probably have your resume printed so you actually know what you told them. You might think about also having the job description and how your experience on your resume matches the job description. If we ever get back to in-person interviews and you have um, an in-person interview where you're, you're sitting at a desk with one person, 10 people, whatever it looks like, we would probably encourage you not to have notes. You might have your resume and hand out your resume to everybody in the room, and then you'll close your portfolio and talk.
0: 2020 into 2021 has been a very different year. And I interviewed for this job on Zoom. I only had Zoom interviews and that's how it went. What are the challenges of Zoom interviews?
1: Well, you must have done a good job because you're sitting here. So (laughs) you were successful at a Zoom interview. (laughs) I think that some of the tips that I would have for that or some of the things that you need to be very mindful of is you need to be mindful of what is being seen. So obviously you're going to dress professionally, but that's the same as if you're in person, right? You're still going to be dressed professionally. You probably should be dressed all the way from head to toe, though, meaning like, you know, you should be wearing pants and socks and, and stuff. not sweatpants. <laughs>
0: and I was wearing a, I was wearing a dress. I was wearing a jacket. I was dressed the part. Cause I've also read if you dress the part, you feel the part. So on zoom, they can only see from, you know, waist up or chest up, but if you are put together, you will feel like you are more ready for that
1: moment. Exactly. And that's, again, I said this earlier, but confidence is one of the names of the game with interviewing. And so if you feel confident in what you're wearing and you feel empowered because you're dressed up, you are going to project that in your interview. So you should be mindful of what you look like, but you should be mindful of what's behind you also. So, you know, whether that's you need to go someplace else other than your bedroom or you need to clean up your bedroom, you should be mindful of the noises that are around you. You should be mindful of what your audio sounds like and your camera, and you should test the equipment ahead of time. All of these platforms have free accounts that you can get ahead of time. So if they're not using Zoom and they're using something you've never heard of, you can always get a free account, test the technology ahead of time to make sure you're ready to go. Another tip that I have for video conferencing is your eye contact. So You are trying to make a connection with the person that you are interviewing with. So you want to take every opportunity that you can to make a positive... Connection, And you only have through the computer screen or through the phone. And so it's a little bit harder than in in real life because you don't see mannerisms. So you want to make sure that your contact is really strong. You want to be also very cognizant of how often you look in the bottom corner at yourself. Because I can see that, right? And like we all do it. But how many times do you do it? Because it's really awkward if you're just staring at yourself or you're glancing at yourself all the time. Typically when you're making eye contact with your computer and they are talking, great. But as soon as you start to respond to a question, you wanna be cognizant of where your camera is and probably move your eyes to where your camera is. That's gonna give you the best eye contact when you are talking. We talked a little bit about
0: dress code on the Zoom and you know, be sure you're dressed from head to toe and not wearing sweatpants or pajama bottoms. But for an in-person interview, which hopefully we get back to in the near
1: future, what is appropriate attire? It depends on your industry. Typically, you wanna look as good as your interviewer, or better. So if the, you know that they're going to show up in a suit, you probably should show up in a suit. If you know that it's a really relaxed environment, they probably still are expecting you to dress up. If you have a suit, I would wear one. If you don't have a suit, you can, you can play the game. Like I don't personally own a business suit, but I own a lot of blazers. So when I interview, I wear a blazer over a, a dress or whatever I'm comfortable with. And again, it really depends on your industry. I know that um, for construction management, those types of interviews are a little bit more relaxed. So when we see the construction industry career fair, which is coming up in a couple weeks, the students that attend that career fair are typically in jeans and that is appropriate for their field. Once you get the offer, you said that the ball is in
0: your court, you have the power, but also often in interviews, you get the chance to ask questions to the interviewer, which also gives you a little bit of power. And in that moment, you can decide, is this company right for me? Is this job right for me? Would I fit in here? What are some good questions for you as an
1: interviewee to ask in regards to getting the job and when you're in an interview. Absolutely. You should always have questions for the interviewer. So a lot of times you might have those written down ahead of time. So then you're not using any of your brain power to actually think of questions on the fly. If you do not ask questions, what that says to the interviewer is you don't really care. You're not really prepared. How could you possibly want my job after 30 minutes of just talking to me. Very common questions, you might be thinking about cultural fit and are you going to be happy in this job based off of the environment that you're working on? So some questions that are based off of that. Um, You might be thinking about, okay, promotion, um, and when can I move up, and when are my raises, and that type of thing. If you are a student that's interviewing in September and you're not starting your job until May when you graduate, you might be thinking about what skills can I improve on in the next six months to make myself successful in this job? And, and asking that type of question really showcases that you are taking initiative and you have some forethought.
0: When I asked about the application process, you brought up cover letters. And I will admit that I send them maybe in 50% of my applications. I'm like, I really don't feel like writing this right now. As the expert, Are cover letters important and do you recommend including them in every
1: application? I think it depends on your industry. Some industries require cover letters. And if that's something that's in my job application, you better believe that I'm going to be reading your cover letter and judging your communication. Some fields never require a cover letter. Cover letters have to be unique for every position that you apply for. I can tell that it's the exact same cover letter and you have just switched out the company's name. If you are not taking the time to write an individual cover letter, then you're just wasting your time writing a cover letter or submitting a cover letter. If they do not ask for a cover letter and you submit a cover letter, they probably won't read it. However, you submit a cover letter, it shows that you want the job and that you're taking initiative. And so they'll look at your resume more intently than if you didn't write a cover letter. If this is your dream job and you're like, oh my gosh, I love this, I can't, w- I, oh my gosh, I want them to call me back, write a cover letter for it. And I think if you do some honest assessment and you're like, well, this is like a reach, but I'm gonna apply for it, then maybe you don't spend the time writing a cover letter for that one.
0: Something that I learned in college when it came to interviewing was always send a thank you note to interviewers. What is the importance of sending a thank you email to those who interviewed you?
1: Less than 50% of candidates send a thank you note. So automatically you're going to look better than half of the competition. So a lot of times in interviewing, you might have a first interview, a phone interview of like 30 minutes, and then you're maybe going to have an in-person interview or a longer Zoom interview. We typically would encourage you to write a thank you note after your last interview or your longer interview. I think that if 50% of candidates write a thank you note, you and you think, okay, they probably have brought in eight people that they're interviewing in person. That makes you stand out more than four other candidates. You might as well write a thank you note. It's not like it takes very much time or very much effort. You have the ability to thank them for their time. You have the ability to address anything that maybe you felt like you didn't address correctly or you have a way for you you to connect with them. It's a way for you to humanize yourself. It's a way for you to keep yourself on the forefront of the of their mind. We have free thank you notes at career services so you can come and get some free ones. Or if you want to send an email, that is fine too. Um, We would just encourage you to do it within 24 hours of your interview. Go get those free thank you notes, students. Go to
0: Career Services. And while you're at Career Services, getting those free thank you notes, what other resources are offered?
1: So we have free thank you notes and we have free resume paper. So when we go back to in-person career fairs, we would encourage you to print your resumes on nice thick paper. We also offer portfolios to students for $5 so you can get a really cheap, nice leather portfolio to carry everything in. And then we also offer business cards to students. So for $5, you can get a box of 250 business cards. So back when we're going to be doing in-person events, and you're going to networking events, and it's not appropriate for you to hand over your resume, a business card usually takes its place. And when it comes to consulting, what is offered to students at the Career Services Center. When you come to Career Services, you can make it a one-on-one appointment with a consultant. And so that's, again, where you can get individual advice for your situation. We host many career fairs during the school year. Um, And you can also reserve space in our interview suites for virtual interviews. So if you don't have a great background or it's really noisy, you can rent a space in our office and you can have a really wonderful interview space for free. Be sure to sign up for the successful interviewing seminar
0: on February 4th, or take advantage of the mock interviewing event on February 11th. Students will have the opportunity to practice skills and receive feedback from experienced recruiters at real companies. To register, visit HireOSUGrads.com. And as always, for more Inside OSU podcasts, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Once again, I'm your host, Megan Robinson, and I appreciate you listening.